Mr. Walton, did you make contact with aliens? Were you taken to another planet, to a mothership? How do they communicate with Can you tell me what they look like? Can you tell me how many of them there were? Were you, were you given food? But the teachers are alive. They're not books. They are the very living essences of nature itself. What a strange person. Unbelievably powerful supercomputer that's running our reality, and we don't have a clue yep. as to how to operate it. So when maybe you or somebody else creates an AGI system, and you get to ask her one question, what would that question be? What's outside the simulation? Say in your mind, say to yourself, I am more than my physical body because I am more than physical matter. I can perceive that which is greater than the physical world. from New York, upstate near the Great Lakes. This is Lighting the Void. I'm your host, Joe Root. Welcome to the program. It's Tuesday night, December the 15th. Thanks for joining us. We're live on the broadcast here at KTLK Digital Broadcasting, the Fringe FM. You can also visit our website at lightingthevoid.com. If it's your first time listening to this broadcast, it's a live broadcast, a live digital broadcast. You can listen to us on the Fringe FM app. On the network app, you can listen to us on TalkStream Live, the Paranormal Radio app. Tune in and all kinds of other cool places. It's a pretty eclectic show, but for the main part, we talk about the weird, the strange, conscious exploration, all kinds of stuff. Super esoteric, super occult type show here. I, I'm sorry about being late, man. So, like, I, that, I got a swivel screw right here on the, my microphone. I don't know if any of you guys ever used one of these. Electro voice, uh, RE20 microphones, but they, I'm going to turn my headphones down. I got a little bit of an echo here, but there's a, sw- a swivel screw at the top and it pretty much holds the whole thing. Keeps the mic from making crazy sounds when you move it around. And, uh, the thing just popped out like it 
broke, hit my keyboard, bounced, and hit the ground. So I had to, uh, I had to redneck this thing. I had to jerry-rig it. Anyways, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash lighting the void. You can go to the website, click on the Patreon banner or uh, the members page or donate or grab some swag. Don't forget, it's 50 bucks off the altar box right now until January the 1st. Give the gift of magic. Do what you got to do to support the show. You're going to be a walking Constantine with that thing. And speaking of which, we got some feedback from last night's show. We got a lot of good feedback. Everybody loves Mary's show. Oh, yeah. And if you want to join our chat room, you can go to thefringe.fm forward slash chat room. That'll take you right to our Discord server. So a fellow Arkansan who is a member of our chat room, too, he says, what's up? Always got to say what's up. Uh, he said, I really enjoyed the show last night. Uh, and I don't know how, see, this is the thing. Like this, these kind of emails are, are what keep me going. So anyways, Mr. Roop, I started listening to LTV not quite a year ago and I appreciate it. And you so much, I would have had a much harder year had it not been for your show. I was listening last night with you and Mary, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it was it's like you guys were speaking right to me. I had to laugh, and I loved it so much when you said something to the effect of, well, you should have known this stuff was coming, and you had time to prepare because, although, yes, I did know, and I am prepared, all the earthly dramas that were mentioned by Mary had befallen me within a span of about two weeks. Job, girlfriend, heartache, betrayals, you name it. And I don't really want to go uh, too deep into the guy's uh, email here. But he, I really appreciate you sending me the email, man. Like, this stuff is cool. He says, I feel compelled to t- uh, tell you both how much your words and uh, admonitions meant to me. Y'all made me feel hopeful at a much-needed time. Well, um, a lot of the energy of the show comes from you the listener and the people in the chat and the crew that's been around here all the time. But I got to say, um, paying attention to symbolism, which is a topic tonight we're going to be discussing is important because it's not just a, a topic to like discuss just for intellectual stimulation. If you really pay attention to it, you can actually tap into your life because we talk about magic a lot on the show, but, Everybody wants to talk about magic and chaos magic and sigils and symbols and, you know, all the cool esoteric occult crazy stuff. And uh, the cool thing about it is once you really start waking up to the fundamentals of what it is, you start seeing that everything that you do in your life is a magic ritual. This is why people like Crowley said, you know, you can make a sandwich and it's pretty much magic, which doesn't make sense to anybody, but... If you think about what Abraham Hicks and all the people that talk about the law of attraction talk, uh, say to you, that you're constantly uh, weaving webs of vibration and you're casting rockets of desire with your, with your, or rockets of creation or manifestation through with desire. I think that's what she calls it. So anytime that you really have a desire or a longing for something, you're broadcasting that thing. Um. But the biggest symbols 
I had this all planned out. I had an outline, and it's gonna it's gotta make sense in my head. But the biggest symbols that we have that go back, I mean, all the way through religion and everything, and probably further back than that, are astrological. These occult and esoteric symbols that kind of show us uh, the energies that are playing out. And right now, you got this big conjunction happening. And so what's going on are people, people are recognizing a couple of things here. That whatever that you have been desiring in your life, driving towards, longing for, all this stuff, whatever, whatever that's happened, which is, which is good, right? Whatever you've been doing. You're going to get it. You're going to reap what you sow, basically. And so it's hard to explain because you got to understand what each planet means and the signs and all that stuff. But basically what's happening is we're dealing with this Capricorn energy. We're, we're being shown that, yeah, we did create all of these things. We created all of these things that we have in our life physically right now. But they're also some things that imprison us. And if they imprison us, then it's definitely not where your soul wants to go. You don't feel like you're imprisoned in any form or fashion or controlled or anything like that when you're doing what your spirit has sent you to do. I dropped a, a video in the chat too um, from Matthew McConaughey about that. That simply by doing that, we see that everything that we do in our reality, everything we talk about, everything we believe, the emotions that we put towards them, we're just doing one big, fat, magic ritual to create what comes ahead. You got to look back into your life Right? And see what you have now. Well, see, I didn't create this. Well, yeah, you did. Whether you know it or not, you did. So when you think about things like, man, I really want this or I really have a longing for that, you create the lack of that thing. And guess what? Sure enough, it'll work out in reality and your reality will just keep perpetuating it. Especially if you don't believe you deserve it. But the second you start believing you deserve that thing, even if you just change it, little things start happening. So it's, it's always, everything in your life is always just manifestations of the rituals that you carry out every day. Here's the cool part. And this is what they don't want you to know. Well, there's a couple of things that they don't want you to know. When you tap into understanding symbols and how to ritualize your life using the symbols that are given to you and reading the symbols that are in your life. You start thinking, oh, am I overanalyzing this too much? Maybe there's a way to check your work. Now there's a way to check your work. All you have to do is open your books, there's apps for it, there's numerology apps, there's planetary apps, there's everything that kind of shows you what's rolling out. But anyways, 
This is why, like, Freighter Xavier talks about on his channel, like, I want you to try to create something like an orange ball, and you make a little symbol, etc. But what I mean is, for example, how we do it in life is, because I know I sound like I'm rambling here, but let's say you have a longing uh, or for a desire for a dog, and you, you really want a dog, but you can't afford it, right? So you don't have the money. So do you try to manifest the money or the dog? really doesn't matter but how you can ritualize it you can create an environment in your house that's dog friendly sounds stupid right but it works you can watch a tv show where you're watching dogs or do whatever and you feel the emotion of having oh i want a puppy right you do all that stuff and next thing you know down the road maybe the next day or whatever a dog shows up, but that's funny, right? Like the dog didn't show up until I forgot about it, until I didn't care anymore. As soon as you let it go, the dog shows up. Just like when you charge a sigil for something, the minute you forget about it, you can ask Macon about this, it manifests. So we're charging stuff all the time. Right now, whatever you're doing, even if you're just sitting and listening to the show, you're ritualizing something. You're longing for something. Something. You're also fearing that something won't happen or you won't get something. Every little thing inside you that you do, think, act upon, believe, is what manifests in your reality. And the more you symbolize it and the more you understand it, the more powerful it becomes. So, who else understands this stuff? What's going on right in front of our face? Well, now you kind of start to see why society is all crazy. How politicians, banksters, all these people, they can show you images and create environments of lacking and longing and also create beautiful environments. They get you going and get you doing rituals in your life that creates what they want you to create based on the fact that you're not aware of how all this works. You got to start reading between the lines. Like, can you do that? When most people start reading between the lines. They start figuring out conspiracy stuff adds up. And then, it, they, oh, man, it's magic. And then they, then they get really scared of magic. Oh, man, it's, it's I'm afraid. It's got to be dark, evil magic, these bastards. And then, you know, something like that. But what you should be afraid of is what they're, they're not telling you is that this stuff is natural. It's in nature. It's your God-given right to know this, to learn this. And everything bad that I believe, this is my belief too, Everything bad that manifests in our lives comes from our unawareness of our own magical processes. Especially the stuff that's massive. Poverty. Massive. Relationships of, <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> percentages of relationships that don't go well. Massive. 
sickness and disease. Massive scales. Because how you ritualize your life, what you believe, and the emotions that are behind them are perpetuating all of this. The, the, the cool thing is, is we could have heaven on earth like a utopia, basically really good, if everybody understood their own power and how to tap into the construct. And I know what people are going to say, well, you know, I don't believe that. What about the Holocaust and Rwanda? Well, what happens when you got a bunch of people in a bad negative environment, right? They start focusing on the negativity and then it creates something else and it creates something else. Next thing you know, you got a negative spiral. I mean, the, the energy gets out of control. I mean, it can go dark. It can get all the way to things like genocide and disease and et cetera. No, we're not capable of that. Yeah, we are. So what do you think happens if somebody's aware of this? They're aware of the powers and the frequencies that come off of us humans, especially when we all get together. What do you think happens when a plane crash happens and they broadcast it on national TV? Or they set up scenarios where everybody has to stay indoors and you ritualize everybody wearing masks and looking at it. And you think about that double slit experiment as you observe it, you're creating it. How big can it get? Now, there's a little quote on the, as the broadcast starts that you don't need books or gurus or anything like that. Everything you need to know to understand the hidden wisdom is in nature. All you have to do is look at its cycles, how it plays out in your life, what it means. Somebody knew something. Because most people think astrology is like BS, you know, for the most part. I would think, well, not nowadays. There's a lot of people, I think, that believe in it. But if you really start studying the intricacies of it, the patterns, all of the stuff that happens between aspect energies and really start picking apart your chart and get into evolutionary astrology and transits and progressives and your solar arc, you start seeing, man, I got this story playing out in my life and I get to choose which way I go. And I can tell which way my soul is leading me. It's kind of weird. It's like when, think about the, the players in the video game waking up to the program that's in the computer. Well, who's pushing the buttons? That's what it's like. I think that's what's going on. And so we're starting to see during this transit, like as all of this change happens in our life, we're seeing the manifestation of our desires, our fears, our love, the times that we didn't love. And it's not a, something we can fix or control. It's going to happen whether you like it or not. It's just going to happen. But I'm asking you, as a void walker, to try and experiment. No matter what happens to you during this transit, during this time, I'm asking you to not put your energetic focus on the fact in any kind of way that, that you're a victim, that you have bad luck, 
or something always happens to you, not everybody else, but to you, you got the worst luck with this thing. No, no, no. Because if you go back down that road again, then we didn't learn our lesson, did we? Either way, it's a blessing, right? Your pain helps you identify what you don't want anymore. The things that make you feel love help you identify what you want. And the things that make you feel pulled, no matter what you do, you're constantly being pulled in a certain direction. No matter what you try to do to forget about it or whatever, that voice, that's your soul trying to tell you, this is what I've sent you here to do. What? Do what? I don't know. Well, I'll show you. Follow me. That's kind of like what the Christ story thing was. I got Tifereth, the star, the sun. He wasn't really wanting you to worship him. He was wanting to show you how to follow your soul. Everybody thought he was crazy until stuff started happening for him. But there's a lot of stuff missing from that story, too. I can tell you that. I think it's been left out on purpose. So, right now, we get well. There's a lot of cool stuff happening. You know, we get to seeds that we've planted. We're reaping those things if they're good or bad, whatever. We're either imprisoned by the things that we created, or we're set free. I really think. The timing is damn near perfect, too, for something like COVID uh, or a situation to perpetuate fear. That's the word of the week, perpetuate, amongst everybody. And see, these, these people, not all of them, but some of them know, why not sprinkle a little astrological energy on it? It's the perfect time for the transits and everything to, like, tap into energies of imprisonment. But that's all about to change. See, what they don't know, or maybe they do, is that humans are about to start really tapping into what they're being called to do. It's going to be louder than it's been in a long time. And it's not going to make sense to some of you, but you've got to, you got to trust it. I'm asking you as an experiment to trust it. And then tell me what happened. So I plan on what I plan on doing before we go into break here is kind of like to help support the show is like tease you a little bit with with how I know all this, and then uh, I'm going to create this thing for a membership where we can go into detail and stuff. Probably put it on the Patreon too. So I might do that with this one if you're maybe I don't know. But let's all do the experiment together, for sure, please. Just no matter what happens to you, don't imprison yourself by your acts, by what you believe. Try to stay optimistic. You have a choice. But stay optimistic and believe in good things, that life is happening for you, not to you. It's going to be hard. going to be a hard one. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to go grab our guests, and we'll be right back.
This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Turn it a little bit and get that motor pop up. Lighting the Void. I'm your host, Joe Root. You can also call into the broadcast at any point in time to talk to me or our guest at 1 800 5880335. That's four lines unscreened. It's exciting, isn't it? We don't screen the calls here. You know, we don't have a, a call screener to uh, make sure we filter out all of the phone calls that we want so we sound good. What's, there's no fun in that. You want unscreened calls, right? So you don't know what's coming. Or, you know, like you know, some radio shows, they do these shows and they like have a call screener that pretty much agrees with the, head, the, the host or, you know, has a, a question that uh, doesn't agree with the host or, or the guest and the host can answer and everybody looks real good and cool and it's exciting. We don't do that. I mean, somebody might call in. It could be a prank call for all we know. It could be nobody. That's what's fun about it. That's 1-800-588-0335. Also, don't forget to download the Fringe FM app from your Google Play Store or the Apple Store or Alexa, the evil Alexa. Just install the Fringe FM Alexa skill. So earlier before the break, we were talking about symbolism, uh, manifestation, magic, didn't really get into the history of esoteric or anything. Our guest is going to be coming on here shortly. And I think, I don't, I don't want to sound preachy. That's why everybody's like, oh, man, you should still say, tell me this stuff. Teach this or that. I don't want to be uh, one of those teachers that, that are preachers or whatever, or people that sound like they know everything. Because the whole, uh, the whole way I come to know all of this is by questioning stuff, right? And the second you start... At least I believe this. The second you start telling yourself, like that belief thing, that you know something's real or whatever for sure, uh, you might create a boundary in your life. That doesn't mean don't follow what you feel, et cetera, or whatever, but I don't know. So I think about that stuff. I think about, man, if I go on these rants and start talking about this stuff, I'm going to sound like a know-it-all, and there's nothing worse than a damn know-it-all. right? It's be cool... Uh, we we bring guests on all the time that know a lot about a lot of subjects, you know. But I guess I just worry. I know this might be the cancer moon in me or something that's really worried about what you think of me. I got to be honest with you. I, I want you to like me. But that other part of me doesn't give a damn. <laughs> but I like you. If you're listening to the show, there's a 99.9% chance that I really like you. Uh, so. So I guess I guess I need to figure out how to do this a little bit better without worrying about if you think I'm 
a know-it-all or something. There's got to be a way. So we might start doing stuff like that at the beginning of the show where, because I have all of these epiphanies and stuff, and I have conversations with, with people like uh, Night Stalker, Amandala, some of you in the chat room. A lot of the stuff that I talk about on the broadcast comes from them and the conversations that we have. You got to give credit where credit's due, right? So we are going to bring in our guests and we're going to get into this here too. And you can also, I mean, I got I forgot to tell you too. You can email the show at contact at lightingthevoid.com. The Fringe FM website is going to be up shortly. It's on its way. It's just a lot we had to do to it. All right. So our guest tonight is the first time on Lighting the Void, Micah Dank. And uh, he was born in 1983 in Oceanside, New York. From a young age, he'd wanted to be a writer. And uh, coming from a family of writers, his father was a producer and a radio news editor at CBS News in Manhattan. And his grandfather was a producer at CBS News. And Micah was an actor in high school and became interested in writing uh, uh, from his 12th grade English teacher, Russell Reed. And from there, he majored in English at Sunny Albany and transferred down to, what is this, Hunter College in Manhattan and to earn his bachelor's degree in language, literature, and criticism. And it wasn't until he moved to Boston for a new job that he became interested in all the esoteric sciences, including uh, the astrology and astrotheology prevalent through his book series. Thanks for coming on Lighting the Void. It's good to have you, man. Hey, man. How's everything going? It's going. A little snow on the ground. It's late at night. Talking about deep subjects. It's one of my favorite things yes. to do. Right? Yes. Yes. So it's uh it's it's about one AM over here in New York. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's about where I'm at. I'm in upstate New York, so we get the same time. Oh. Now right. you got uh your books that you wrote, they these are like uh, novels, right? Are these stories that you wrote with but you put symbolism in because they look really good. You wrote Beneath the Veil. Uh, the sacred stone and the secret weapon, and it's this is a chart. yeah. Those are my f those are my first three. Gotcha. Okay. Um, basically, I have a six book I have a six book deal with the publisher, and uh, I uh, my third book actually literally just came out today. Um, that's really cool. I want to write a book too, man, but I don't know. I don't know how to do it. I'm going to get lazy and probably uh, use my phone or, or speak to write it. I'm going to see if I can get away with that and then put it out on print. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's not easy. But the, but I did listen to you on a podcast where you were talking about uh, symbolism, like the stuff that we don't really know about, or a lot right. of uh, most of us don't really know. But we, we do talk about it quite a bit on the show. I'm not going to lie to you. But I was mentioning earlier that, I think once we start learning where all this stuff comes from, then we start seeing it in our environment. We can definitely kind of pierce the veil, so to speak, and see the construct, exactly. you know? Um, how do you feel that these symbols that are around us, that, that we're being taught and told what they are or not, do you feel that they create our reality in any kind of way, or do you feel that it's just a conscious, subconscious thing and it's just all about what it's trying uh, to tell once, your brain. So I talk a lot about astrology and astrotheology and astrotheology to basically sum up is, you know, like the Greeks and the Romans, they had their planets and then they had their gods and then the stories about them, like Jupiter, for example, 
it's the same thing mm-hmm. within the Bible. I talk a lot about Bible codes, um, that the Bible is basically just an astro theology, astrology book, and it's encoded. And I wanted to get into some of that with you. Absolutely. That'd be great. I think, it, I think you're spot on there. Can we start with one of the biggest? Uh, what do you think about Lucifer? Everybody talks about Lucifer quite a bit. It's a scary name, right? Or the morning star. Right. Well, how about this? Can I, what I usually do is um, I start, I explain where astrotheology came from as yeah, the man. earliest science. And then I talk about the 12 signs and then I can get into Lucifer for sure. Yeah, you can do that. The floor is yours. Go ahead, brother. All right, beautiful. So basically, if I were to ask you what the oldest let's say communication or writings on earth were a lot of people would say the Sumerians, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's about 6,000 years old. Uh, have you heard of the Lascaux caves in France? I have not. So the Lascaux caves in France are basically these old cave tunnels that they've discovered. And in the base of them, at the bottom of the base of them, what they found was when they went deep into the tunnels, they found all these all these carvings of animals like bulls and goats and and rams and fish and you know crabs and all these different animals on the wall and they carbon dated it and uh it came back now for the people out there who are skeptical or the conspiracies that say carbon dating doesn't work it it, it they're they're half right uh, carbon dating up to 50,000 years is pretty accurate. It's very accurate, actually. But going beyond 50,000 years, like we start to go into the 100,000 years or the million years, it's no longer accurate. So it's accurate up to 50,000. But the point is, is that you don't have to physically prove something's 50,000 years old. You just have to prove something is older than the Bible says the world is. And then once you cross that boundary you're able to continue on and make sense, right? Yeah, it makes total sense. Okay. So there's, there's things in astrotheology, for example, like how Jesus was able to heal the blind, how he walked on water, uh, how he turned water into wine, why he had 12 disciples, why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas, why he was dead for three days, why his birthday was on December 25th, just, just to give a couple examples. And um, the truth of the matter is, is there's an astrological explanation for all of this. But what I have to do first is I have to go through the signs with you. Uh, um, if that's awesome. all right with you. Absolutely, man. Let's do it. Now, I'm sure you're familiar. I heard you mention Cancer Moon before. I'm a Taurus Moon. Right on. Um, I, I don't get into that kind of astrology. <laughs> but um, nonetheless, it's, it's very prevalent for what I talk about. All right. Well, tell us what you know about the signs. Okay. So the the first sign that I'm going to talk about is Aquarius. Not because it's the first sign in the zodiac, because that's Aries, but because it's just easier for me to start with Aquarius for some reasons. So Aquarius is um, it's the man with the water pitcher. Yeah, the- and a lot of people might know all this stuff, and I don't need to go deep into it. I just need to give you enough information about the signs so that you could follow my codes, okay? Sure. All right, so Aquarius is the man with the water pitcher. Pisces is the sign of the two fish in the water. Aries is the ram, 
And in Aries, you have the spring equinox, which is a 12-hour day, 12-hour night. It's also the Passover, or astrologically, it's the passing over of the sun over the equator and back on its way up to the height in the summer solstice. In Christianity, the passing over is changed. The Passover becomes the resurrection of God's son, the son of God, literally the son. It's why the Jews smear the lamb's blood on the door, because they're the people of Aries. And it's also why the Jews blow the ram's horn. It's because they're signifying they're the people of Aries. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Now, Taurus is the bull. And the thing about the bull, you have to realize this, is that back in the day when this science came out, um, what happened was um, there was no clocks, watches, or anything. All they had was, like, sundials. And maybe maybe they would just look at the stars so that they could know when winter was coming, when it was time to plow, when it was time to harvest. Okay? Right. So Taurus is the bull. So as above, so below. When you look at the sky and see Taurus, you know you have to put the plow on the bull so that you could plant the seeds so you can harvest later in the year. Right. Okay? So, and back to the Lascaux Caves real quick because I, fin- I didn't finish my thought. What they did was they brought in this astrologer and this astronomer in, and they brought in a computer because we have the technology to do this now. They carbon dated the wall at 40,000 years old, okay, which is well beyond any type of conscious understanding that we had yeah. of, of, a, of a civilization that had knowledge. They carbon dated this thing, and that turned out to be 40,000 years, and what they did was they rewound the sky and they put, uh, they printed out what they saw when they rewound it and they placed it up against the uh, carvings and Taurus the bull was exactly where it was supposed to be. You know, Cancer the crab was exactly where it was supposed to be. Aries the ram was exactly where it was supposed to be. So 40,000 years ago, we had complete understanding of the zodiac as we know it well right i was just saying that too before you started before i brought you on i was you know talking about symbolism and i was thinking i was thinking this well there's one set of symbolism or a structure of symbolism that we do know that goes back through all the wisdom and it's astro theology or astrology you know right so it's the oldest science and it's for a good reason because Without it, you'd be dead. You wouldn't know when winter's coming. You wouldn't know when to plow. You'd starve to death. Right. You know, it makes sense. So the next sign is Gemini, which is the twins. That's the story of Castor and Pollux Troy, whose sister was Helen of Troy. And then that's the story of Achilles um, from the Greeks. That's where that comes from. Then Cancer is the crab, and it's the sideways moving creature. So just as the sun... What the sun does is every single day, it rises a degree on its axis, starting on December 25th. It stops on June 21st. Then for three days, it rises to the same degree, which is moving sideways. Get it? Yeah, it stops on December 21st, you mean? uh, Yeah, I got you. No, on June 21st. On June 21st, It stops. It stops for three days, 
and then it starts going down on on Jan on June twenty fifth. Oh yeah, it okay, lowers, I got what you're saying. Right. It lowers a degree, and then for at December twenty first, it stops again. Hmm. Then it stops for three days, and then it rises on December twenty fifth. This is where in the Bible you get the fact that Jesus was dead for three days. And then this is also why his birthday or the day of his resurrection is December 25th. Right. Yeah. So, the, so Bill Cooper told people this a long time ago that the, the, the mystery schools were doing this, talking about, you know, teaching this and, um, you know, it's pretty interesting though. Uh, some Christians don't like it, but I don't, um, I don't necessarily well, believe I, that just because what you're saying is true, and it definitely is true, that some of those stories didn't happen. But I get, I mean, you know, I go with the the metaphors more. They feel more true to me than anything. So yeah, this is cool. Stuff. I feel exactly the same way as you. But what I tell people is this: is if you're religious, I have I have friends that are religious, and I give them this information. And uh, I'm different. I'm a little different than Bill Cooper, Jordan Maxwell, Santos Bonocci. I do, I do it slightly different. I do uh, my own decoding in the Bible. And what I've done is I've written six books, thriller series, where basically the codes are biblical codes from decodings that I've done. And it also talks about conspiracies and what have you. That's um, cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to finish going through the sure, yeah, real go quick. For it. I know you're familiar with it, but I don't know if all your listeners are. So Leo is the, is the king of the jungle. It's the king. It's the, uh, it's the, the ruling planet of Leo is actually the sun. So when the sun's in its kingdom, or the sun's walking around, God's sun's in his kingdom, it's actually Leo. Now Virgo is the woman holding the wheat stalk. So you remember earlier when we said you plant in Taurus? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, virgin is the wheat stalk. So during Virgo, you harvest the wheat. To make the bread, the virgins would go out and do that. Um, Libra is the justice; it's the scales, the balance. It's known as the just one. The reason it's the just one is because it judges God's sun as it passes over the fall equinox, and it begins its descent into winter, into the cold, and into its death on December twenty-first. Gotcha. And the Jews always celebrate their new year around the fall equinox. And since it's also the justice, the judging, uh, is there any question as to why the Jews also have the Day of Atonement during Libra? Hmm. Yeah, see, that one I didn't know. I, I mean, I knew. I just That's pretty cool, though. I didn't think about put it put it together. Right. So the next sign is Scorpio. Scorpio is the betrayer. And the reason it's the betrayer is because when a scorpion bites you, it leaves an imprint in your skin that looks like a pair of lips. It's why the mafia has the kiss of death. And it's why Jesus was betrayed by Judas with a kiss. So the son is judged in Libra and betrayed in Scorpio. And then finally in Sagittarius, it's where the bow and the arrow shoot the sun and inflict further punishment on the sun. In the Bible, it's translated as a spear going into the side of the sun instead of a bow and arrow. Right. This is, it's where the sun dies. And uh, Capricorn is the goat, because if you're looking at the Zodiac wheel, Capricorn's at the bottom. And if the sun is walking along the Zodiac wheel a degree a day, 
walking its way up and walking its way down, uh, the goat climbs the mountains. So the goat, that's why the goat is on the bottom. <laughs> First guest ever that's lighting a cigarette for sure that we could hear. That's cool. I love it. <laughs> sorry. All right. sorry. So man. now that I got, now that I got through that, we got, um, we can go into some codes. Um, for example, have you heard of the phrase pride comes before the fall? Oh yeah. So what do you take that to mean? Or what would you, what would you say if I asked you to translate it? A pride cometh before a fall. Like, uh, I just take it for the way it means. Right. But I'm sure there's some symbolism in it. You know, like when you get to the top, the only way to go is down. That's another one too. You know, so pride right. comes before a fall, but what is, what kind of, uh, animal has a lot of pride, right? Like a lion or something. I think about symbolism too, but I don't know. What, right. what does it mean? Well, a group of lions is called a pride. Right. Okay. A group well, of lions is called a pride. And uh lion is Leo, which is July and August. That comes before the fall. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I gotcha. Also, um, in the book of Micah, which is my namesake, the prophet Micah talks about a savior coming from a town in Israel called Bethlehem. Okay, so the savior is coming from Bethlehem. Bethlehem in Hebrew is two words. It's bet and lechem, which means house. Bet means house. Lechem means bread. So it's house of bread. Well, the house of bread is Virgo with the wheat stalk. So the savior will come from a virgin. Interesting. Gotcha. That's really cool, man. But what's your theory? What's your theory on why it was so important? I mean, do you have any theories on why it was so important that they made stories up about it like this to cover um, the symbols? It's encoded. It's encoded to keep the information away from the masses. Is what it's done. Um, in the same way that secret societies keep the information encoded and hidden from the masses. This is just astrology that's been kept from people. Yeah. Um, but it's, a, it's out in the open. And, I just, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So is it, so they don't, so we don't learn to tap into the truth of our own. Exactly. Um, ah, okay. All right. I mean, it's the oldest science. You know, I just told you the last Gaukeh is 40,000 years. You know, find something that's long, older than 40,000 years. You know, they may have recently found, they have Gobeki Tepe, and uh, they recently found another Tepe, which was a couple hundred miles away from it. And that might be closer to 40,000 years, because Gobeki Tepe is only 12,000 years old. But this Tepe is actually probably closer to 20. Um, this would be pre ice age, pre flood. So, so is there any practical reasons that we should know this or is it, I think it's pretty enlightening too. Cause I used to listen to like mainly P hall talk about this stuff and, um, yes. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of good stuff there. Um, mm -hmm. but once you, once you learn it all, well, let's try this. What makes you different than, like you said, Santos Bonacci, 
So you're looking into the Bible to decipher the codes, but is it in a different way? Are you finding different codes or different stories? Or yes, what? that's what it is. That's what it is. I can go into some of them if you'd like. Yeah, that would that would be great. Okay, so I'm going to read to you. I'm going to do an Old Testament, and I'm going to do some New Testament, and then we'll talk about Lucifer, okay? All right. Okay, so in the Old Testament, you have Deuteronomy 32. It says, He gave them honey from the cliffs and olive oil from the rocky ground. He gave his people butter from the herd and milk from the flock. He gave them lambs and goats. They had the best rams from Bashan and the finest wheat. They drank the best wine made from the juice of red grapes, but Jeshurun became fat and kicked like a bull. So the honey is the beehive cluster in Cancer. There's a, ser- there's a series of stars in Cancer called the beehive cluster. It's an asterism. And that's where you get the honey from. Um, and olive oil is also in, uh, in Libra. You pick the olives in Libra. You pick the grapes in Libra. So in Virgo, you have the bread. And in Libra, you have the grapes to make the wine. So you have the bread and the wine. That's, that's Christianity right there. Um, hmm. He gave his people butter from the herd and milk from the flock. Well, that's milk-based, and that comes from the Milky Way galaxy. And the Milky Way galaxy, the center of it, is in Sagittarius. So from the land of Cancer, the beehive cluster, to the Milky Way galaxy in Sagittarius is the land of milk and honey. Cool. That's pretty cool, yeah. And he gave them lambs and goats. Um, Lamb is a baby ram, Aries, and goat is Capricorn. They had the best rams from Bashan, that's Aries, and the finest wheat, that's the wheat in Virgo. They drank the best wine from the juice of grapes. That's Libra. But Jeshurun became fat and kicked like a bull. That's Taurus. So just that one passage has a whole bunch of symbolism locked in it, as you can see. Yeah. So, you, so how many? How many of these? How many codes are there that you found? Is there? Are they all over uh, the place? There's, there's a bunch. I've decoded the book of Matthew line for line. I've done the book of Enoch. I've done the book of Revelation. I'm going to give you a couple of Revelation quotes. Yeah, that'd um, be... All right. So, in Revelation 4, 7, it says, The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. And the fourth was like a flying eagle. So... What you have to understand is Scorpio is the belly-crawling creature. It's the lowest form of life on Earth. But in astrology, its evolved form is the flying eagle. Right. Okay. And then from the eagle, it evolves again into the phoenix, which is the same story of Christ, which is the story of a, of a, of a, of a flamed creature like the sun that dies and it's reborn from its ashes, just like the sun does every year. You know, we're getting closer to it. It's another five days for the winter solstice, and then the days start getting longer. So I can give you another one. Are you familiar with the uh, the woman and the dragon in Revelation? Yes. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so a great sign appeared in heaven. I'm, I'm going to paraphrase this one, by the way, okay? A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven. A red dragon, its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. So a woman clothed with the sun is the sun in Virgo. 
Okay, and if the sun's in Virgo, then the moon is directly under it. She was pregnant and she cried out in pain because she's the Virgo. She gives the virgin birth. Mm. Now, the red dragon, there's a constellation called Draco in the sky. It means dragon. And its tail goes from Aries to Sagittarius. That's a third of the zodiac. Its tail swapped a third of the stars out of the sky. Uh huh. Okay. Does it go anywhere after that? Um, it does. It does. I've gone through the whole thing, but I'm just I'm just giving bits and pieces just to show that it's left, right, and center. Sure. Okay. Um, so if I can go into Job thirty-eight, thirty-two, I'll decode a longer passage. Yeah, that'd be cool. Liter- so you know the story of Job, right? Yep. He's a guy who got everything taken away from him. He didn't curse God out, and God answered him. Yeah, and everybody so this wanted God. him to curse God, or they didn't. Yeah, like, why aren't you cursing God? And look what he did to you, etc. Right, right. So here is, um, here is God's response to him. Okay, he says, "Can you lead forth the Maseroth? Now, the Maseroth literally means the zodiac. Right. Okay. The Maseroth is the zodiac. Over time, it becomes Mazalot, which survives in Judaism today as Mazel Tov, or good fortune from the stars. So basically, uh, in Job, which can you, yeah, because I know it says, can you lead uh, forth Maseroth? Can you loose the bands of Orion? Yeah. So basically, the Bible in Job, which is actually the first book, I, I believe, and uh, the Torah, right? Um so you, uh, they're given away right there that, that there's power in this guy, right? Like there's symbolism and power yeah. in it right off right. the bat. But he says, can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? Can you loosen Orion's belt? Mm-hmm. But then it says things like, can you bring forth the constellations in their seasons or lead the bear with its cubs? So the constellations of the Zodiac above and the bear and its cubs are Ursa Major, the great bear and Ursa minor part of the big dipper who can tip over the water jars of heaven. That's Aquarius. Do you hunt the prey for the lioness and satisfy the hunger of the lions? That's Leo who provides food for the Raven. That's the constellation Corvus, which means Raven and borders Virgo. Do you watch when the doe bears her fawn? That's Mariga M R I G A, which means deer and is located in Orion. Who let the wild donkeys go free? That's a Celis Borealis, which means donkey and is located in Cancer. Will the wild ox consent to serve you? That's Taurus. The wings of the ostrich flap joyfully. That's Lambda Achille or Al Thaliman, which means two ostriches in Arabic. Do you give the horse its strength? It laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. It does not shy from the sword. The quiver rattles against the sign along with the flashing spear and lance. Sagittarius with the bow and the arrow. Notice they say flashing spear. Okay, so they actually admit that the bow and the arrow ends up meaning spear. Mm-hmm. Does the eagle soar at your command and build its nest on high? That's Aquila, which is the Latin name for eagle, and is a constellation a few degrees above the celestial equator. Then it says, can you pull in Levethian with a fish hook? That's Pisces. Now, as far as the spear goes, there's two murders in the Bible 
that surround the spear. It's a very important word. Um, the first, the two most important murders in the Bible are Jesus and uh, Cain and Abel, first murder. Now, Cain in Hebrew literally means spear. Okay? And um, with Jesus, he's killed with a spear to his left side. Hmm. So that's that's some pretty interesting stuff right there too. Yeah. But I just read you I just read you Job and you can see the whole thing is just talking about astrology. Yeah, so it goes around the zodiac. Yeah, the and uh it's funny too cuz Ezekiel talks about that as well, right? Like the the four face or the man talks about the four uh, cardinal points in the zodiac too in Ezekiel. It talks about it everywhere. Everywhere. Uh I don't know, Manly P. Hall talked about that, too. He said, you know, if you really study the Bible and esotericism, you'll, you'll see that the Bible is an astrology book. And also, he said it's a chemistry book, too. So there's no... Right. It, that book is... It gets deeper and deeper, the symbolism in there. It, so. it does. And as far as the first living... Revelation 4-7, the first living creature was a lion. That's Leo. The second was like an ox. That's Taurus. The third had a face like a man. That's Aquarius. The fourth was like a flying eagle. That's Scorpio. Yeah. Those are the four fixed signs of the Bible. Yeah, four fixed. Yeah. That's interesting, right? So yeah. So there's a big puzzle in the Bible too. I think, and I think it just gets deeper and deeper. A lot of people stop and say, "Well, look at I decoded this," and they stop. I, but I admire people like you that you just keep looking because there's more to it. There's always more to it. What I am concerned about is, uh, you know, the canon itself or uh, the, the, the Nicene Creed, how they made that decision on what books go in and out because maybe we're missing some of the code, you know? Right. Well, here's the thing. In the, in the Council of Nicaea in 325, where Constantine united under Christianity, um, it's, it's actually up in the air whether he was deathbed baptized or he united while he was up and walking around it's all right. for grabs but he had a nephew named julian the apostate who tried to bring them back to sun worship after christianity was united in fact original christians were known as heliognostics which helio means sun and gnostic means the knowers the knowers of the sun interesting that uh, is interesting it, <laughs> it's interesting too because if you go back another 225 years prior to that you go to 100 a.d and during this time period, they had something called the Senate of Jamnia, or the Council of Jamnia. And the church, the Catholic Church denies that this took place, but you could literally look it up in the Encyclopedia Britannica, and it's right there. Um, what basically happened was, at this time, they didn't have a canonized Old Testament, meaning the Old Testament books were not put in order. So they were reading them out of order, so they had to basically order them. And then the interesting thing is, is about 30 years prior to that, they had what's called the Book of Mark come out, which is the oldest of the four Gospels. So at this council, they actually physically decided whether or not to create a new religion with it or whether or not to um, toss it keep all together. In, no, to keep everything in one, in one Bible. Hmm. That's the... And what... 
so, okay, if that's the truth, which it is the truth, right, based on our history that we know of, the books that are, that have been tossed out, like uh, I don't know if it was the Wisdom of Solomon or the Song of Solomon, like in the Apocrypha, a lot of those books got taken out. Um, right. The, I don't know how many times Enoch was referenced in the Bible, several times. They didn't put that in there. Why? Well, it's still, Enoch is still in the... Uh, Enoch is still in the Ethiopian Bible. Oh, that's cool. Um, Enoch is still in the Ethiopian Bible. The Ethiopian people are interesting people. Their birth, their uh, New Year's on September 11th, and they actually have 13 months. It's uh, 12 months of 30 days and one month of five days. Uh, they're a very interesting people, too. Um, but basically, Enoch was removed because it openly talks about uh, astrology, whereas the Bible, the books in the Bible that were left are covertly talking about it. Huh. So, yeah, so here's, so why, why take it out? That's my, that's my question. Like, why? Why did, because why they don't, did they take they it don't out? Want, they don't want you to know about it. Are you familiar with the Roman Catholic catechisms? Uh, no, I don't know too much about it. I'm fascinated by Catholicism. Don't know too much about it, though. By the catechisms, though. No, I'm not. I'm going to read you Catechism 2116. So 2116 says, All forms of divination are to be rejected, recourse to Satan or demons. Of course. Conjuring up yeah. the, right. Conjuring up the dead or other practices falsely supposed to unveil the future. Consulting horoscopes, astrology, palm reading, interpretation of omens and lots, the phenomena of clairvoyance, and recourse to mediums all conceal a desire for power over time, history, and in the last analysis, other human beings, as well as a wish to conciliate hidden powers. They contradict the honor, respect, and loving fear that we owe to God alone. So the Roman Catholic Church is flat out telling you right there, there is no astrology in the books. Meanwhile, the books are completely made up of astrology. They're just gaslighting. <laughs> the gaslighting. Gaslighting at its finest, right there in the, right there in the book. Yeah. Well, I mean, like if if you don't want people hunting too much, well, the, the best thing to do is put a book in there and say, tell them, you know, if they start getting any ideas, that it's bad, right? Like I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of crazy, <laughs> to me actually. Because if that's the case, we all we all got to be feeling, and I'm I'm sure it is the case. But aren't we feeling a little silly right now, right? I mean, I'm not saying that none of the stories are, are aren't true. I think they are. But aren't we feeling a little silly that we're meant to believe that we should be good little eyes of children and, and not tap into any other powers than what you know we're told we can do? I don't know. It's it's just we got to get past that at some point, right? So, so what is Lucifer then? Okay. Lucifer is the morning star. Mm. The morning star. Do you know what the morning star is? Venus. Exactly. Do you know what, why it's called the morning star? Well, because it's there early in the morning before the sun comes up. Exactly. Like right before the sun the comes bright, up. It's the bright light that's right there at dawn that announces the arrival of God's sun. Now the pentagram of, of of Lucifer is interesting too. Do you know what that is? Yeah, that's the transitory movement of Venus. It makes a pentagram. Yeah. Exactly. 
Okay, good. So you have that too. So it's interesting too because Jesus calls himself the morning star in Revelation twenty two sixteen. He says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting too because say, uh, Lucifer is not mentioned in the Bible by name at all. And uh, the thing is, is that he kind of is inferenced in Genesis 1 3. What about Isaiah? Well, yes, but well, in which passage in Isaiah? I for, it's like I forget the passage, but I know it's in Isaiah, and he says, "Oh, how thou art fallen," or something. Yeah, but I think I don't think it's. I think that's the only one I can think of, though. Well, what about in Genesis one three, where God says, "Let there be light." That's well, how yeah. is there going to be light without the morning star, without the light bringer, Lucifer, the light bearer? That's a very good. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 You know, Bill Cooper said that too, actually, and uh, and it was funny because he based all of his astrotheology on the idea that all of these mystery teachings were evil and stuff, and then quoted what you just said. He said, well, I, I know there's a direct correlation between Lucifer and Jesus, but I couldn't tell you why. And some people say that they're the same thing, but I just, he said, I just don't think that's right. I think that that, that can't be right. Um, right. Why? But, but, you know, like it says it right there, but it, I don't know if they're the same thing, but they're related. Right. Exactly. Um, again, in the same way that the Greeks and the Romans had their own planets like Saturn and uh, Jupiter that were their own entities that did this, that, and the other thing, they made up myths about it. That's kind of what the Bible is. On the surface level, they're myths, but deep down, it's astrology, alchemy, the tarot, chemistry. I can go on. Oh yeah, yeah, it's all there for sure. Like, uh, I know I know a lot about this stuff actually. I just don't uh, talk about it too much on the show. But the it is funny that um, if you think about those two passages, how Lucifer's referenced as Satan to some, right? And Satan's the tempter, right. but it's also taught in Genesis that it was a temptation to want knowledge. So right. if you start seeking knowledge or understandings of things, you're going to become more sorrowful, which it talks about that in Ecclesiastes too. The more knowledge you seek, the more sorrowful you become. Best thing you can right. do well, is could, eat, drink, I and be merry. I could sum it up in Proverbs 3.5. Yeah, go for it. Trust in Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That's that's it, yeah. So when you so but I don't I don't think it's bad to want knowledge. I think it's just bad when we, we don't understand something so much that it makes us like, I don't know, it makes us miserable. I know what what's bad is what's bad is when they encode it and they hide it from people and they tell them they're not doing it openly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's a lot of hidden stuff there. And then we have wars over it and everybody's beliefs over it. And it's a big program. But I think I don't necessarily think religion is a bad thing. I don't, I'm not saying that. I don't think it's a bad idea to create a system of morality that helps people stay cool with each other. But when it's used to like guilt trip people or make war or just make people just hate themselves, that's a whole nother thing, you know? Well, here's a theory that I'm working with right now. I wanted to pitch it to you since you're already 
familiar with like Bill Cooper and like you read Beyond a Pale Horse, I'm assuming. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you go through the ages. Now the Egyptian people, we're in the age of Aquarius now, and we've been there since the Mayan calendar ended, which was December twenty first, two thousand twelve. You know, the Mayan calendar just ended. It didn't. It didn't say it was the end of the world. It was just the end of Pisces. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the Egyptian people were the people of Taurus. And uh, you could see with their hieroglyphs, they used to sacrifice bulls. They have hieroglyphs of the bull with the sun between its horns. I mean, it, they throw it right there. Then the, then they start to dwindle a little bit, and the Jews become prevalent in Aries. You know, the Jews' horn, the ram's horn, and all that stuff that we were talking about before. Yeah. Then they start to fade a little bit, and Christianity takes over in Pisces. You know, Jesus feeds the mass with two fish. Two fish is Pisces. The Jesus fish, that's Pisces. You know, and now you can see that the Christians are starting to dwindle a little bit in the new town, in the new age, because is there any wonder why they're trying to do the Great Reset and uh, put together a new world religion? Yeah, there's this new savior coming to. too, I bet. What you want to bet? Mm-hmm. A new teacher. They have to because it's it's the new religion. You know what? I just it's had a guy new- on the show. That I, y'all, I don't. He was just on the show last week. Told us the exact same thing you're saying. That Jesus has came back and he's here, and he talks about the ageless wisdom. The wisdom we're talking about theosophy now, okay? Mm-hmm. And that Blavatsky. Yep. And that they're going to start teaching that as the new religion. Now, here's the thing. This is starting to make sense, man. Because I just asked this question to Amandala the other day. Like, why do we have? Why do we have this? Like, why does the New World Order have um, theosophy symbols all over their buildings? Mm-hmm. That's the new religion that's fixing to be taught. Theosophy? I think so. I mean, the books are already out, right? The Ageless Wisdom's already out. But it's, uh, I think that's what they're going to be basing it off of. I don't know. That I'm just, I don't think that's it. I'm just, thinking that might be it because I just had a weird epiphany when you were telling me all that. Right. I hear you. I mean, it's totally possible, but, um, what I think the new religion is going to be is merging with technology. Like technocracy. Yeah. Yeah. Could be probably might have something to do with it. So what are your views I mean, on this, the, the beast? This is, this is I'm sorry, what are my views on what? The beast, 666. What do you think that is? So 666 is basically, it's the sign of man, mm-hmm. which is six carbon, six protein. I mean, six carbon, six proton, six electron. We're all carbon based. That's what 666 is. Yeah. There's some crazy numerology in the Bible too. Like it comes... If you add all of it up, you know, you got 18, 8 plus 1 is 9, and you got, the, what, the 243 fish, 9, uh, 144, 144,000. Yeah, 100, yeah, that's right. Sorry. And well, then the, 153 fish, the 153 fish is interesting, too, because Jesus tells his disciples to that they can't catch anything because their net is in the water, which is in Aquarius, which is water. Uh-huh. and they can't catch anything. And he tells them, throw the net to the other side. Well, the other side is Pisces with the fish. 
So their fish, their fish net is bursting with 153 fish. They say 153. 153 yes, that comes out to 9 too. Yep. But the 153 is interesting too because that's the, the that's the denominator of the vesica Pisces. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. So the whole program is in the Bible. I'm sure the, the, the they probably have the program to reality in the Bible. Just got to put it all together. Mm-hmm. Alchemy. I remember talking to a guy that was a Rosicrucian, and he was telling me, you know, real, he said, real alchemy isn't uh, the physical puffer alchemy, which that's definitely part of it. It isn't Jungian alchemy, that's part of it, or spiritual alchemy. He said it's energetic mutation is basically what the Christ story is all about, where you become a star-like being, uh, and the codes are hidden in plain sight. Mm-hmm. I believe it. And I think the code's probably in that book. Yeah. If it well, be. I talk about the Rosicrucians in uh, in my third book. Oh, do you? They end up they end up fighting the Knights Templar over a device. Yeah. That's really cool. So, did you write then? Obviously, but I'm going to ask anyways. Did you write this book based on your theory of what's going on and made it a fiction book? Yes, that's exactly what I did. It's actually, I made it a six-book series. Huh. I got to read that, then. I got I to see what that that's all about. <laughs> that's why you're teasing it the way you're teasing it, right? So people yeah. will grab it, huh? Okay. That's cool. I'm with it. All right, so look, I, we got to take a break because we already skipped one. Um, we'll be right back. More Lighting the Void coming up. Stuck in the Arizona desert. I'm a void walker, and I got the shoes to prove it. So what do I do when my soul yearns to delve deep into the realm of the unknown? I aim my satellite straight into the night sky and catch a smooth ride on the KTLKDB radio waves. I tune into Lighting the Void with Joe Root on the Fringe FM. Joe, Lighting the Void is the best show on the planet. This is Barney, your friend from Facebook. Thank you and all the crew for all you do. Namaste, my friend. This is Macon from the foothills of North Carolina, and I am a board walker. G'day, board walkers. This is Lily from Down Under Australia. The world may be small, the enigma is greater. So let your curiosity take you for a journey with Joe Root. Hey, this is V, coming in from Central Maryland, and I am a void walker. This is Kevin Darkerty, a beginner void walker. I'm from Vancouver, BC. I know a little about a lot, you know, as Leonard Skinner said, I guess the rest. I learned a lot from uh, Mr. Root and the show. And I heard it from the beginning. I knew right then he was going to be a New York Bell. Thanks for all your uh, shows and keep it up. Hey, this is Derek from Mass, a.k.a. the Night Stalker, and I'm a Void Walker. This is Mark from Chicago, and I walk the void to ascertain what is consciousness. My name is Jared Johnson, and I'm from Humboldt County, California. I do not know all the answers to the questions about reality. I do not claim to know the ultimate truth about life. I seek that which has been made hidden as a part of a family of explorers of consciousness. I'm a void walker. Thanks, Jaru. 
This is Barbara Charlton from Metaphorical Archaeology. If you've ever had a traumatic paranormal experience, the effects of it may stay with you for years. Uh, who do you talk to? You can't go to conventional help. What we do is we use emotional freedom techniques or tapping to actually neutralize the effects of that event. Maybe when you tell the story now, your heart races and your palms get sweaty. You don't even want to think about it because you don't know how to neutralize that. That's what EFT tapping does. It neutralizes those emotions. The circuit that that was recorded on is gone. The energy flows freely and you're free of it. And that's what emotional freedom is all about. We offer this as a pro bono service, but this is something that I offer because no one, it seems, is helping people with these experiences. If you'd like to reach me, it's really easy. My cell phone is 214-995-3754. Please leave a message. I will get back to you as quickly as possible. Or you can email me barb.eft at gmail.com and EFT stands for emotional freedom techniques reach out to me it's confidential this works you won't believe the results have you heard of heavy metals yeah! I'm not talking about the heavy metals in the junkyard I'm talking about the heavy metals that build up in your body heavy metals in your body can make you feel sluggish fatigued and just plain off why not try Life Change Tea at GetTheTea.com? Cleansing your body and making you feel great. <sighs> Cleansing the inside of your body of intruders that sneak their way into you and set up an intruder camp. Life Change Tea helps remove unwanted intruder camps. Brew it, steep it, and drink in the results. Tastes great so you can create a new health habit. Our tea loves to help people just needs the chance. So order yours today by logging on to getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com. Our life change super strength tea is waiting. This could be a beautiful relationship. Take charge of your health. Order at getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com. The Fringe FM isn't just a radio station. We also provide services for all your audio production needs. If you're interested in live radio or pre-recorded podcasts, we're here to help. We even do audio enhancements and voiceovers if needed. If you want to do a podcast or live radio show and even want the option to syndicate on terrestrial radio from simple audio file enhancement to live production and call screening, we have you covered. We have worked with some of the best professionals in the business in order to provide coaching instruction for content creation, show structure, and more. Contact The Fringe Digital Media for more at info at thefringe.fm. That's info at thefringe.fm. Or call 501-777-5631 for a consultation. From the kingdom of Arkansas, you are listening to Joe Root and Lighting the Void here on The Fringe FM. Hey, this is Amalia from Know the Self Mystery School. I know that you are in the midst of massive change. We all are. This is the great turning, the time that we all decided to be here on the planet. Do you know why you came here to be a part of this crazy time? If not, I invite you to join my mystery school. 
I have a nine-week course called Activate Your Mission. And in this course, you're going to learn how to erect crystal clear boundaries so that you can hear that inner still voice that's going to guide your every move. Even if you're dealing with feeling weighed down by obligation and being enslaved to the system, this course is going to give you the tools you need to illuminate your shadow and awaken to your soul's mission. The moment you sign up to the school, you are going to be greeted by not only a group of soulful spiritual lawyers, but you're also going to get some massive karmic clearings and you're going to feel the energy it's palpable i hope you'll join me in the school where together we're going to unlock your divine mission activate your mission by going to the fringe.fm forward slash soul mission and put in the code word fringe and receive 50 dollars off today stuff picking apart codes here you want to call in it's 1-800-580 or 1-800-588-0335 it's toll free from united states or canada to unscreened calls 1-800-588-0335 you got any questions for our guest tonight about any of the symbolism about astrotheology what it all means what it could mean anything to add give us a call I think this stuff is is pretty interesting and what you said earlier that through the ages that there could be another age coming and it could be this age of uh, technology and that kind of would make sense because we're just, I mean, it might make more sense than we realize because we were just starting to understand quantum computing, uh, cymatics, bio, uh, what is that, uh, biogeometry, how everything kind of works in a weird way. So if that's the case, is it really a place that we live in that's magical, full of mythology and everything? Or is it just because there was no way of us to understand that we are these bio-technocratic beings, so to speak, like we're some type of bio-geometrical computer? Because it kind of does look like that. And anybody that takes psychedelics... They see all this stuff, and they can't really explain it. I think it's really cool when you look at the Bible and you see geometry and uh, numerology and astrology, chemistry. Maybe uh, the programmers just want us to wake up to it. I don't know. That's what it feels like to me a little bit. What do you think? Um, I think that it serves their interest to keep information hidden from us. That's for sure. I mean, it's got to be, I mean, that has to be a truth by now. Something that we have to realize by now. Why the mystery? And even in Revelations, it talks about, um, it talks about uh, the lady, right? Not uh, talking about fornicating with a lady and on her head was written mystery. What do you do when you fornicate with something, right? Pretty much you're having your way with something. And we don't have to get into detail about it. But you're using something for your own purposes. 
Why right. make it a mystery? It's interesting Fair to enough. me. Yeah. I mean, all this stuff is hidden. Like, are you familiar? Like, you're familiar with the swastika, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh ancient, like, uh, Hindu symbol, actually. Right. But do you, it goes back even further than that. Do you know where it originally comes from? Does it come originally from the Sumerians? No, I mean, I mean, it's it's astrological. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I got what you're so, saying. So basically, what happens is on the solstices and the equinox, those four days, if you take a picture of the Big Dipper of how it looks in the sky and you put it together, you get the swastika. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And as far as as far as um, when you're talking about um. Uh, hallucinogens and everything in Genesis 3230 it says so Jacob called the place Peniel P-E-N-I-E-L saying yeah. it's because I saw God face to face Peniel over time becomes Pineal yeah and if you look that up I really did look that word up and I tried to uh, because I have the the interlinear Bible I tried to decipher all of this stuff down to as far as I could go and Peniel the only thing I could find about that other than the gland was that it was like relates to pine cone or the cone shape thing, you know? Well, that's why it's called pineal. That's why it's called pineal because it looks like a pine cone. Mm -hmm. That's why the, the, the Pope's staff has a pine cone on it. That's why there's two pine cones in the church of the pine cone at the Vatican. That's yeah. surrounded by two phoenixes. Go figure. <laughs> yeah. And it's all know, symbolism. We, we, um, We've had uh, Daniel Joseph on the uh, broadcast, who was a student of the mystery school teacher, Doskalos, who talked about the Essenes and uh, this, re this society or this researchers of truth, so to speak, these people that kept the truth in the Bible somehow. I'm not sure if that's correct or not, but the Essenes go all the way back to Egypt, and that symbolism you're talking about is all over. Egyptian symbolism too, it's all there. Oh, like yeah. the the Osiris, Hor, Isis, uh, Horus story, you know, it's all there. Right. Well, Israel is basically uh, chopped up three words: Isis, Horus, and L. Mm -hmm. No, I'm sorry, Isis, Ra. Ra, yeah. Is Isis Ra L? And um, as far as you ever see, like the people and the, the the memes for the New World Order that cover their right eye. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen so it. that goes that goes back to the eye of Horus, and if you take a sagittal cut of the human brain and you open it up, you see where the pineal gland is. It looks like the eye of Horus. So they're just meant to just it, it's just worship towards that. That's so fascinating, man. And people say too, like when they meditate for long enough times, and they vibrate, you know. Uh, mantras like Aum and certain things like that, that it causes them to slip into other dimensions. But essentially, if you, if you really do it long enough and loosen up enough, you'll start to vibrate the glands in your brain, you know? Yeah. You can secrete the liquids that come from them, which is that process has definitely been talked about in the Bible. It's also been um, where Santa going down the uh, chimney is all about, too. Like, there, it's... There's all kinds of stuff about this, and it's kind of crazy because if if that is what all of this means, 
then you have to be right. You have to be right. Like piercing the veil when Christ pierced the veil. It could just be mean, you know, like he reached at some state or we can reach a state of consciousness where we can actually well, see Christ, that, you know. The word Christ actually means oil. Yeah. The word Christ actually means oil. So what happens is you have the sacred oil that climbs up through the 33 vertebrae. That's why 33 is such a powerful number, mm -hmm. which is also known as Jacob's Ladder. And it sets in your pineal gland, then it explodes, and that's your resurrection. Mm. Wouldn't that be a trip, right? If this whole thing was just talking about a DMT trip, and all the people that are out there smoking it are like, well, I just figured out what the whole Bible's about. That would kind of suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's interesting, too, because you're familiar with the hermetic principles. Yeah, I'm a hermeticist myself. I'm just kind of laying Are back, you? though. Yeah. Do you know what? You, what's the third hermetic principle? The law. You, are you talking about the principles that come from the tablet, or are you talking about the ones that were written from the book that wasn't really from the tablet? Because I don't know them in order. Like, but I believe the in third. Hermetics. The third hermetic principle is the principle of vibration. Yeah. Everything vibrates. That's for sure. And. They knew that 6,000 years before string and M-theory came out. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, you got a point. <laughs> but that, uh, I can't think of the name of the book right now because I'm on the spot. But that book wasn't written like the, so there's people out there, and I want to really, like, make this clear. There's people out there that are saying that the Emerald Tablets of Thoth is the same thing as the Emerald Tablet, and it's not. Right? It's not. No, it's not. So the seven hermetic principles um, are just basically translations from that, you know. But they made principles out of it. It didn't. I've, there's. I've heard people say, "Well, that that came from the tablet. They made it a long, long time ago." No, someone made it based on that stuff, you know. So I find it, have you have you ever heard of the quantum hermetica, the book? The the quantum hermetica. Yeah. No, no, I've never read you that. You should look. You should look that up. It basically, it talks about the seven principles and how it applies to modern day life. Oh, it's yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, hermetics is the actual fundamental of everything, is the fundamentals of everything. But I don't, look, I grew up a Christian too, and it's like people ask me, what's the fifth ten commandment? I don't know, you know, but I could probably uh -huh. recite them, maybe not in order, you know. Right. I hear you. So but when you when you so like when they wrote the Kabbalion, which talks about the seven hermetic principles, I mean that I think people it's important people understand history too because it's, that is kind of like uh, when you study uh, Kabbalah and people talk talk about the Zohar. Well, that came from way back when. No, it was actually written in Spain, and so like the Kabbalion was is the same kind of thing where. The hermeticists studied it until someone actually said, well, let's make some principles and wrote it down. And I kind of think that's the same thing that happened with the Ten Commandments. But the seven hermetic principles well, to me are... The Ten Commandments, the interesting thing about the Ten Commandments is they come from the Egyptian Book of the Dead. It's called the Twelve Negative Confessions. It's actually the right. Egyptian Book of the Dead, Chapter 125. That's where the Ten Commandments are literally lifted from.
I believe that. Everything came from there. That's what I was getting at a minute ago when I was talking about Daskalos, because he says the same thing. He said pretty much all the Christian teachings, Judaism, everything came from Egypt, even the Kabbalistic tree, except it was a little bit yeah. different. Right. Um, becoming the tree of life and tree of death, right? Yeah, well, they, they have the Kabbalistic trees, uh, the 10 Sephiroth, but they do have a tree called the Klipoth, which is like the tree of death, but... That tree is ba is what all of our secret societies are based off of. All the teachings and all the correspondences, the tarot, everything, they put it in all in that glyph. That glyph shows a lot of sacred geometry and stuff like that, but the Jews claim ownership of it, that it came, all of that came from the Jews. It's the mystery teachings of the Jews, and you can't start studying it till you're 40. But that tree came from Egypt. Everything came from Egypt. Mm -hmm. I believe it. So, even Moses and Super the teachings, it kind of says that stuff in Exodus, too. I think it hints at it, because right. Moses went to Egypt, come back and taught things, right? Joseph did, too. Right. Well, Moses actually is, in the, in the Old Testament, is actually lifted from a character from Egypt called Tuthmosis. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, but I, being a hermeticist, like I, I understand it all. Like as I, because I practice uh, traditional ceremonial magic, and each one of those, each every, every law in the hermetic principles is in a magic ceremony, you know. And then there's seven uh, holy letters too in, uh, in the Hebrew language, and the Hebrew language is used in a magical sense. But um, if you look Have at, you ever it, read you a book series called Bible Code? I have that book actually. I, I just haven't. I haven't even. I've glanced through it though. By about, Michael Drosnin. It's a series. Know. You have to read it. I don't know if that's the one I got. No, Ryan's got it, but that I don't think that's the one I have though. Is, is this is this the one where you open it up and it's got like green, red, and blue, and it shows all the different codes of stuff in it that. It kind of looks like no, a highlighter. This is the one where basically what they did is they took, they, they, they plugged in the Bible, the Old Testament in Hebrew in a computer code. And then what they did was they, they made it one long string of letters. And then they found that equidistant letter spacings could predict words like near each other. Like one of them would be, uh, one of them would be like Bush. And then another word would be president. And then another one would be like tower. And then they have all this stuff. It's really open for interpretation, but I can read it in Hebrew. So it's pretty interesting. The only thing, the only thing that gets me about hermetics is the first principle, uh, mentalism. And then where they say everything comes from the mind. As soon as you say that and they start teaching that, they start thinking the human brain and I don't think that's the mind at all. I think it's something no, it's much that's bigger than that. Well, you know, in quantum theory, when you're not looking at something, it only exists in the superposition, right? Right. Yeah. It doesn't uh, it doesn't it's form until it's observed. And it goes even deeper than that. Like the what we call material is actually ninety nine point nine 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 percent empty space. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. But essentially, the original uh, Emerald Tablet, um, if you read that, that's where they got, you know, 
uh, the law, the principle of mentalism, uh, law of correspondence, as above, so below. Uh, the one you talked about, the principle of vibration, nothing rests, everything moves, everything vibrates. And then you got polarity, gender, and that rhythm, and I don't know, the uh, cause and effect, right? So you could see that in everything. You could take those seven principles and pretty much rule a society of humans with that for a long time, if you want to, right. if you just really understand those fundamentals. Well, the interesting thing, too, is the the um, the Sumerians, the king list. Remember, they were like, this one lived 26,000 years, this one lived 18,000 years. If you add all of them up, it comes out to 432,000, which is a harmonic frequency. So how do, I wonder I wonder if there's somebody out there because there's so much so many of these epiphanies or ahas or puzzles or mythologies or things that come undone. I wonder if there's somebody out there besides Manly P. Hall walking around today who's put it all together, like all of it, can tell us right. what the hell's going on, you know? Right. But it doesn't serve the purpose for everyone to know. I don't think uh I want to know, though. You think we could find out in one lifetime? All of if, it? If I put my information together with yours and then we keep building on it, I think we can. The problem is there's so much disinformation out there. Yeah. Well, um, so what do you think the biggest secret is? The one that, that when you were studying astrotheology, the one that really opened your eyes? One that really was, um, that led you to the rest of everything that you're doing. When I read the catechism, for sure. And uh, they flat out said there's no answer. Like, I've given you some Bible code so far today. There's clearly astrology there. Sure, yeah. But they're openly telling you in the Catholic Church that it doesn't exist and that it's devil worship. And they're doing, you know, they're doing ritual and symbolizing. They're essentially ceremonial magicians doing the doing the work for you as long as you do what they tell you you're doing the rituals with them the pope uh the pope's hat's called a mitre that comes from mithra you take the pope's hat off you turn it to the side you get a fish head well i still i, I will tell you this though and this is what i find also strange knowing what you know knowing what you're talking about there I've been into, when I go into a Catholic church, I'm probably going to lose listeners when I say this, I still find it beautiful, though, the ceremonies and stuff. I can feel the energy from it. But I wonder if that is what it's designed to do. Of course it is, right? It's a ceremony. It's yeah. designed to play on the subconscious. Well, but I don't know idea, if it's bad. The, the church, the word church comes back to an old English word called Kirk. And it goes back even further to... Um, if you look at, it goes back into, uh, Circe's, um, who was a goddess who I believe it was in the Greeks or the Romans. I think it was the Greeks. Circe's was the goddess that would let people into her house and hypnotize them so she could eat them. And that's where the word church comes from. Oh my God. That's crazy, man. That's so cool, but that's crazy. Just that's ob that's obvious, right? Come in here and we'll program you. How about yep. that? <laughs> uh, that's a trip. So, so uh, 
Did you? I'm guessing you grew up Catholic. No, I was raised conservative Jewish. Really? And, uh, Interesting. Yeah, it never really sat with me. Um, I used to go to temple all the time, and I, it just never sat with me well. So when I started discovering all this stuff, it really spoke to me. It really was the answers I was looking for. So I'm just trying to share it with everyone. I have my book series out on Amazon, uh, Into the Rabbit Hole. Uh, the first three books are out. You know, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook at Micah Dank. You could friend me or follow. Um, reach out to me. We can talk. You know, pick up the books. Um, the books go into it much more detail because it's not just astrological and astrotheological that I talk about. It's... Um, they're conspiracies that have been hidden from the human public that I talk about and expose too. Well, that probably makes anybody want to buy them. That's cool. Um, and you, and you have them on Kindle too, right? Can you get them on the Kindle reader? I do. Yes. That's even better. All right. Yeah. This is, I'm really into this stuff for like big time, but like Plus I, like I said, it's entertaining, man. It is entertaining. I, I just, um, I'm not good. At, it's why I don't really get too big into it on the broadcast because I'm not good at, uh, you know, um, I'm not good at recalling things, even though I understand them and I've studied them. It's like my hard drive or let, how about this? Like the RAM isn't working sometimes. Sometimes people will ask me like, uh, what's the first book of the Bible? And I want, and I don't know why, but my brain sticks on the radio. It's Genesis, right, right? right? But if I go outside and start talking to everybody, I can say any of this stuff. So I got to figure that out, like what locks me up there. But I, I really believe that everybody should study the seven hermetic principles. Like if I had a religion, I'd, that's what I would be. If it, there was, I don't even think it's a religion, but that's what I would call myself as a hermeticist. Right. Because it's the only thing that I I know to be true, um, based off of my life and nature and behavior. I'm telling you, look at the book Quantum Hermetica. Quantum Hermetica. That's an interesting name. Um, do you have uh, any other suggestions for study for people? I would just say get my books because what I went into today is just a sliver of it. And um, I would just say get my books because they're only... So the book's only like 250, 260 pages each. And the font is a little bit bigger than normal, so you can actually read it. And there's pictures in it, too. So it's a, they're quick reads. They're very deep, very, very deep. But they're quick reads. Cool. And you can read them as stories, or you can read them and find the information and look up what I talk about. Um, it's just very interesting stuff. The books have been doing well so far on their own. So we'll grab your books. I'm going to grab the Quantum Hermetica, too, actually. And uh, thanks for coming on the broadcast, man. It's good to have you on here. I, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. You're welcome. We'll have you back. Next time we'll have some more questions lined up for you. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for coming on. Interesting guy, y'all. Like, that's the stuff that uh, got me started doing what I'm doing, actually. Before I got into astral travel or anything... Just thinking about those, uh, thinking about those things, right? And if you can also look up, if you want to, you can look up Micah Dank. Just go to Amazon, 
Look at Micah Dank, too. You can just search it. That's how I found his books there. So the big question is, like, are we willing to read between the lines? You know, how has truth to us been hidden in plain sight? I think our guest kind of revealed that tonight, that it's right there in plain sight. If we're willing to use our brains, that's the biggest thing, right? Not If we got a question or something looks like it's corresponding to us and we have an aha moment, we should study it. Help us look in between those lines and is the biggest question that I believe the answer yes would be to is symbolism the language of consciousness? Is it programming us or empowering us? And are you programming your life? Are you letting it program you? And once you become aware of this stuff, then you can really take your life power back, just like what we were talking about earlier. We're going to get out of here tonight. I want to thank our guests for coming on and also thank you guys for coming out. We'll be back tomorrow night, same time, same channel. You guys have a good night. Man, that was... Uh